Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Eyewitnesses. In verse 18 of that same chapter, it says, And we heard this voice which came from the heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Peter, James, and John had that wonderful opportunity to be with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, seeing him glorified for the first time. They'd never seen him in his glorified state. And Jesus gives them a foretaste, a, a, a foreshadowing of what his glory is. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob finalizes his introduction to the Apostle John and his letters. There is one important message taken from this series, and that is how John and the other apostles were eyewitnesses to our God as a human in Jesus Christ. The implications of these letters were enormous because they said that this eternal God became accessible to man in the most basic way a way that anyone could relate to. This eternal one can be known, and he has revealed himself to us. This is why we must be born again, so that we can know him. Do you know Jesus? Let's join Pastor Rob with today's message. I love this verse. It says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. The author of the book of Hebrews is saying, we have to really think about what we have heard. Why? Lest we drift away. Lest we drift away. We have this funny thing in our culture. We just kind of are on autopilot. And all these things are coming at us. And they lull us to sleep. They lull us to sleep. They lull us to sleep. And before no, Betty bye, Betty bye, la 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 la. We're just kind of going along for the ride. And we're just floating through, and we're just kind of in this current. We don't even know, and we're just kind of, it's just slowly. You ever been on a beach? Especially on the the East Coast, when there's a lot of waves, and you're sitting there looking at your umbrella on the beach, and if you're a guy like me, you're out there body surfing, playing in the waves, being food for great white sharks. (laughs) You're out there floating in the waves, and the waves, and you're just having your fun old time, and then next thing you know, a half hour goes by, and you look up at the shore, and you're like, they They left. And then you look around and your, your place is way down there. Little by little, you've, been, you've just been kind of washed and you've been taken away. That's what that means, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken? If something is spoken, that means we can hear it. Spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us through those who heard him. God also bearing witness with both with signs and wonders, with various miracles 
and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So that which we have seen, that which we have heard, John is saying we have heard him. And I love finally when Jesus was being arraigned by the high priest right before he was crucified. In John 18 it says, The high priest asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine, and Jesus answered him. He says, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always meet. And in secret I have said nothing. But why do you ask me? Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I have said. We've heard him. We've got no excuse. That's what's so wonderful about the gospel. Wonderful about the word of God is when we hear it, we are accountable to it. And we must submit to the word of God. Do you want to have a blessed life? Do you want your life to be a blessing? Do you want your life to be, do you want to have peace? Real peace? Certainly being a Christian and being a, a real believer and walking in the light is not an easy task. It is not. It's impossible. In the flesh it's impossible. But in the spirit you can do that. God gives you the strength and the power to resist those things. It doesn't mean you're perfect either because you're going to have several good days and one day you're going to blow it. And what do you do? Do you throw in the towel then and just say, you know, I give up on this. I'm just going back to Buddhism. No, you do like what it says that we're going to get into, not this week. You confess your sin. And if you confess it, he is faithful. Jesus is faithful to forgive you of that sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now you're like a newborn babe again. You can walk away from it guilt-free, but we don't usually walk away guilt-free. We we believe that he's forgiven us, but we still have to go through the hard knocks, don't we? We still have to get out the flagellum and beat ourselves and make ourselves feel bad for our sin. There's nothing wrong with that, but do you realize that that is really what it is? Man, I tell you what, to really grasp that truth and to know that you've been forgiven and walk away from it as if, because God has forgotten about it. And why do we hang on to it then? But that which we have heard and that which we have seen with our own eyes. In Luke's gospel, in the very first verse, he says this, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which we have, have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning, notice, were eyewitnesses, that which our eyes have seen, John is saying. And he says, beginning, they were eyewitnesses, Luke is telling us, and ministers of the word. They delivered them to us, and it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, this patron of Luke, he was writing this letter to, that you may know what the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. There is nothing more credible than an eyewitness. In a courtroom today, if you've got an eyewitness to a crime, wow. Most crimes happen, there is no eyewitness. But an eyewitness has great credibility. Because you can say, I saw them. I saw them with my own eyes. It brings back a silly story when my mother, when she was, uh, she's a retired police officer, there was this one event on Thanksgiving Day, there was uh, a phone call that somebody had called the police and said there's a man running down the street with a turkey. Right, So my mom goes and she finds out who this is. And evidently this family was in the back part of their house. And some man came in with gloves or you know oven mittens. He walked into their house unbeknownst to them, grabbed their turkey out of the oven, and he's running down the street. Well, how are we going to recognize him? Well, he's got a turkey. 
And he's running down the street. <laughs> Eyewitness. We've seen it with our own weird eyes. Boy, that... See something like that, you're going to have to start taking pills. Am I losing my mind? I'm only kidding. But notice, John is saying, we've seen this with our own eyes. This is not some made-up story. We've seen these things with our very eyes. He was seen in in Acts chapter 1. He was seen by them for 40 days. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The Word is Jesus Christ, the Logos. We'll look at that. I'm not sure if we're going to look at that today. But the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And let me ask you a question. Have you seen Jesus? Now, we may not have seen him physically, but have you seen him working in your life? Have you seen him working in the lives of your brothers and sisters? Have you seen Christ? Because if you're born again, you have met him very personally, very intimately. You know something has happened to you, even though you've never seen an image of him. You may not have seen him. Eight days after the resurrection, Thomas, Jesus spoke to Thomas. He says, because you have seen me and you have believed. I'm sorry, Jesus said to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. And Jesus said this, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Have you seen Jesus? I've seen him, but I haven't seen him with, physically with my eyes, but I can tell you that I've seen him, and he dwells in me. Does he dwell in you? Peter, in his second epistle, said, For, they, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But notice, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Eyewitnesses. In verse 18 of that same chapter, it says, And we heard this voice which came from the heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Peter, James, and John had that wonderful opportunity to be with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, seeing him glorified for the first time. They'd never seen him in his glorified state. And Jesus gives them a foretaste, a, a, a foreshadowing of what his glory is. And notice in that same verse 1 back here in First John, which we have looked upon. We have heard that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon. The idea here is, the Greek word is theomai, and this is actually a word that means to closely look at. It's where we get our English word theater from. When you sit in front of and you're in a theater, you're, you're watching intently. It's something that you're looking at, you're, you're looking carefully at. That's the idea here, that we have looked upon. And finally, our, our hands, and our hands have handled. We just read that verse earlier, but the disciples handled Jesus. He wasn't some spirit, he wasn't some phantom, as the Gnostics would have us believe. He was a man, he was God in the flesh. Remember when Jesus stood before them, he says, For a spirit does not have flesh and bone, as you see that I have. You know, the Bible says that the life is in the blood. But the Bible says that Jesus was a quickening, a quickened spirit, which means that he was made alive by the Spirit of God. Before he went to the cross, he had flesh and bones and blood. And he hung on that cross and he paid in his humanity the, the, the price. But what happened when he rose again? Did he have blood anymore? I don't think he did. He says, For a spirit does not have flesh and bone as you see me have. And why? 
because the life is in the blood and Jesus has been resurrected. He's been uh, in his new body. And what is the energizing force that's really keeping him? It's the Spirit of God. The same way it's going to happen to you and I on that day when we hear him say, come up here and we meet him. Our bodies are going to be transformed in a twinkling of an eye. We're going to be caught up together with him and we're going to be receive a new body that's going to have flesh and bone and our very life inside of us is not going to be the blood anymore. It's going to be the Spirit. In fact, John, in John's Gospel, chapter 20, he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, Thomas. Touch me. Look at my hands. Reach your hand. Put it at my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And I love what Thomas said. He answered and said, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Our hands have handled him concerning the word of life. Underline this word, word, in this first verse. The word of life. Underline word because this word is very important. It's the word where we get logos. The logos is the expression of God, the very image of God, the very thought of God. It's, it's something that is made manifest. It's, it's, it represents who God is. Who God is. When you, and again, I've used this clumsy expression, but it seems to work for my simple mind. You know, when we think of a logo today, it represents something. Yesterday when we packed up our camp in the Adirondacks, we were on our way home, and I hadn't had breakfast, and we had packed up the camp, and that takes energy. So I didn't eat breakfast. Now it's like 1, 2 in the afternoon, and I'm starving, and everyone else, and my wife and my daughter are starving. And then behold, we're on Highway 90, and we see the golden arches. The logo. It means something. What does it mean? What does it mean? We know exactly what it means, and we're already salivating. We know exactly what we want, and we know what we're going to get. The consistency of McDonald's. Everywhere you go, except for overseas, they, they use different patties. I don't know what that's all about. But anyway, you know what you're going to get. It's a representation, and that's what Jesus is. Jesus is the very representation of God. Remember in John 14, Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. Because God is spirit. God the Father is spirit. What did Jesus say to him? Have I been so long with you, Philip, and yet you have not known me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Do you get it? He is the Logos. He is the physical manifestation of Almighty God. God is spirit. God is Jesus Christ in the flesh. In John chapter 1, verse 1, we read it earlier. In the beginning was the Word. What is this Word? It's the Logos. In the beginning was the Logos, and the, and the Logos was with God. And guess what? The Logos was God. So you might be asking yourself, who is this Logos? Well, I've already told you the answer. And in verse 14 of John 1, it says, And the Logos, the Word, became flesh. He tabernacled himself. That which was invisible, that which was not physical, became physical and was now manifested. In, John, uh, in 1 John chapter 5, which we'll get to in a few weeks, it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Who is the second member of the Trinity? Jesus. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. And these three are three? No, these three are one. We don't serve three gods. We serve one God. He is the Logos. And I love finally what it says in Revelation 19 when Jesus comes back to his second physical coming to the earth, physically to the earth, 
after the after the rapture, after the great tribulation period, it says this in verse 11 of Revelation 19. It says, Now I saw heaven open. And John is, being, is given this revelation. I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and make war, makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. Now the, the, the image that John and Peter and James saw in the Mount of Transfiguration, now it's like that, but even more so. Can you imagine the sight of Jesus Christ on this horse, this stallion, this white horse? He's coming back. And when he does, the whole world will see it. And many unbelievers will mourn, for the opportunity will be lost. And when he comes back, he's coming back for vengeance. He came back first in his first advent to save the world to be the propitiation, to be the atonement for our sin. But when he comes back the second time, it's not going to be meek, meek baby Jesus in the, in, the, in the manger. It's going to be a fighting warrior, a lion. He's going to come back with ferociousness. And believe me, you do not want to be on the end of God at that time. Aren't you glad that you're born again? If you're not born again here this morning, I would encourage you to reconsider your position. You must be born again. Jesus said that to a very religious man, a very religious man, more religious than most of us, in the outward anyway, going through all the motions externally. He said, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. And if you're not born again, folks, you see, Jesus loves you. You know this. But as he is a perfect God of love, he also has to be the perfect God of vengeance. And you'll never see that vengeance if you're a believer in Christ. He will not judge you in that day because the judgment was already taken on the cross. That's why when he hung on the cross, at the end he said, it's finished. There's no need for you to take the punishment. But when he does come back in his second coming, there's going to be a big bill that's going to be due and the world is at that time is not going to be able to pay it. Because they've rejected Jesus Christ. They've rejected the only salvation. And the love of God is great. The love of God is so wonderful. But let me finish this verse in Revelation 19. I got so worked up about this, I forgot to finish it. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. And here it is. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called what? The Word of God. The Logos of God. The Word of God. So we're going to stop there today. We got through verse 1. But honestly, that verse 1 is so filled with so many things. And again, John is just trying to get out his gun and blow holes in the ship of this thing called Gnosticism. This thing that elevated knowledge and and all these different things apart from God. And again, there are so many things today that are apart from God. And John's desire is that we would know that that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, we are witnesses, which we have looked upon, we've scrutinized him, we've looked at him like a theater, we've looked on him, we've gazed upon him, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. He is the word of God. Where do you stand today with the Word of God? Do you believe the Word of God? 
Do you hold to the word of God? Or do you think that it's just something, I mean, this is the word of God, but there's a physical man in heaven right now that ascended after his resurrection. There's the word of God in heaven, and he's also giving us his word. And he says, I put my word above all my name. And so does that mean that we have the right to look at this and go, hmm, I don't like that. Don't like that. No, it's all or nothing. Are there things in here that are difficult? You better believe it. Are there things in here that are going to challenge you right to the core? You better believe it. But folks, is there anything, is there any good news in the world? Is there any good news? There's no good news in this world. There's only one good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ. It's good news because we have done, we have sinned against a holy God. And the only way that we can be reconciled back to him is to confess our sin and to receive him and to believe that what he said, that he did on the cross, was sufficient. Did he die for your sins? Or are you still paying for them yourselves? Or thinking that you can pay for them yourselves by good works? For by the works of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Only through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So I'd encourage you, this morning, we're gonna, just going to pray, but afterwards, if you've never received Christ, or if you're in doubt that you have received him, please come down. Please come down. You may be wrestling with it right in your, in your heart right now, thinking, I, I, I can't, I, I don't want to be embarrassed. Who cares about what anybody thinks? Don't care about what anybody thinks. Because chances are, the people that see you coming up and praying in five years, two years, ten years, you may never see them again. Why does their opinion of you matter so much? Doesn't the opinion of God matter more? And doesn't eternal life matter more than spending an eternity in hell that will never end? But conversely, being an everlasting heaven with him, where the Bible says there are pleasures forevermore, You have to make the choice. The decision is yours. You must choose life. That's what Jesus encouraged you. Choose life. Don't choose death. What's the matter with you? (laughs) If you choose death, people are choosing death every single day. It's like, I just want to go shake them and say, what's your problem? What is the problem? We're going to get into that in the next few weeks. Because John will say, You know, he who says he has no sin deceives himself. We have a sin nature. And then we have individual acts of sin. But we'll get into that later. Let's stand and let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. And Lord, we do pray that if anyone here has not been born again, that has not received you, Lord, that they, whether they come up or not, Lord, in the volition of their own heart, Lord, that they would even right now just confess it right here where they stand. Lord, would you please do the work? Will you finish the work and save them to the uttermost? And Lord, for those who are on the fence and not even sure, Lord, confirm that to them today. Help them to acknowledge their sin and to cry out to you, and I know that you will hear. So, Father, have your way with us today. Thank you so much for this letter that we've been given. And Lord, may we always believe you. Let the world lie all they want. But Lord, you are the truth. 
You are the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.